friends. Glad that you're here tonight. Um, I think as, as Lyle was praying, I hope that tonight is just a real um, sweet, maybe significant um, moment in your journey with God. Whether you're kind of investigating Him or you've been walking with Him for a long time, I hope tonight is just a sweet moment of exchange for Him to interact with you and for you to uh, just to embrace that and be embraced by that. And uh, we're really glad you're here. Look at your neighbor. Say, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. How many of you have taken a road trip before? You've taken a road trip. You've taken a vacation. You've gone somewhere where you had to pack a bag, right? Now, um, how many of you, you're like, you're like the type A packers? And you know what I mean. Like the trip leaves on Friday and it's Tuesday night and you've got your bag out already. And like you've done the laundry, you've actually thought through the outfits of what you're going to wear. You've anticipated, you actually looked up online the weather report on Tuesday night for the 10-day forecast so you could get further out and be, be prepared. How many of you, you would be bold enough to raise your hand and say, that's, that's me. Jesus was like that. Yes. I don't know if he was really, but um, that's good for you. Uh, you're like that. How many of you are maybe like the rest of us? It's Friday day, you're leaving. It's now Thursday night, about 11.30 p.m. And you're like looking for your bag that you're going to take. How many of you are like that? Raise your hand. Be bold, be proud. Yes. I think Jesus may have been like that. Um, he was always loosey-goosey, ready to go. I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. And there's no theological statements there. It's just simply figuring out what camp you're in. And here's the interesting thing about bags. We're very familiar with them when we go on vacation. And it's interesting, the metamorphosis, the transitions we go through with baggage. Isn't it true? I was on a junior high trip a couple weeks ago with my daughter's school as a chaperone, right? Last minute chaperone. So I packed, you know, at 1130 at night for the morning of, and I grabbed my bag and I've got my bag. It's like a roll-on bag. It's a nice bag. And, and I, I show up and this is junior high students. We get to our cabin after being there, and I look at the gentleman that I, I'm chaperoning, and I look at their, their baggage, and you know what I notice? For a four-day trip, they're all in a backpack. And I'm like, you, you're going to shower, right? <laughs> like, you have a change of clothes? In my mind, I'm thinking this. Like, that's a backpack. Like, my bag's a little bit bigger than that, and I know you're, you're smaller, but not by much. And so just, you know, a backpack? Really? For four days? Now, how many of you, that was you in junior high, you could, anywhere you could go, you could, you could fit it in a backpack, right? And then uh, the older you got, maybe you got a little bit older and you're like, well, I, I got to get the rolling bag, right? And so you get the rolling bag and, and then it's the rolling bag, it's like the extended versions, like the suburban rolling bag that you've got. And so you, you have that one and then like you get married, right? And, and, and you've got a bag and she's got a bag. Um, and then you decide to carry another bag for her shoes. And, and so you're just being the gentleman. You're carrying like a couple different bags. And then, like, then, then you have a baby. And it's like bags were rabbits and just multiplied, right? How do you have to have 14 bags, like an additional 10 bags for a 7-pound human? Isn't that crazy? How much bags go with infants and everywhere you go? In fact, that's why minivans rule when it gets to little families because it's not just a little family. 
it's all the gears, this entourage of stuff from strollers to everything else that has to go on this trip. And baggage just has the way of multiplying on trips. And we're very familiar with bags, aren't we? We're very familiar with it. And it's not just the traveling kind of baggage, is it? In fact, if we're honest, what we're going to look at the next three weeks is also something we're very familiar with. And it's the baggage that we kind of pick up as we navigate our way through life. And you know what I mean. It's the metaphor that says, you know, all the the hurts that we endure, the setbacks, the rejections, the failures, and the moments of our own uh, disapproval and the things that we choose, and and it kind of hurts us, and it's all the residue, you know what I mean, that comes with that. Whether it was something done to you or some decision that played out in the way that you lived, in the way that you chose, in the way that you decided, and all of a sudden it has this residue that's left over onto your life, and you're left carrying the bag. And, and you walk through life, and, and it's fine, it's okay, and you could do it, and you got one hand free, and you're fine, but then pretty soon, like, you, you grab another one, and you, you go through a failed relationship, and, and all of a sudden you've got baggage from that, and and you're carrying that, and then pretty soon you, you go through maybe another setback, and you've got another bag, and you got the backpack version this time because it's easier to travel that way. And pretty soon you've got maybe a lot of baggage. And, and don't we say that about people? I mean, not you. I know you don't say it about yourself. But you say it about other people, right? Like, hey, that person's got issues. They've got what? Baggage, right? And we say, well, that's not me. I mean, I'm, I'm good. I'm not carrying any bags. Well, sure, maybe not, literally, but maybe you've tried to camouflage them. Maybe you've accessorized them. Maybe you bedazzled them. But in, in a lot of ways, if we're just honest, we all know a thing or two about baggage, don't we? It's stuff that we carry. It's, it's the residue of life that has a way of just kind of clinging on to us and going with us. And it's this notion of knowing that <laughs> this is not an easy thing. And it's not something that, that allows you to live a healthy and, and, and great speedy journey with Christ. That sometimes this baggage has a way of weighing us down, doesn't it? And the burdens that come with life, if we don't deal with them in healthy ways, then they have a way of just kind of holding us back. And maybe this, this adventure that Jesus invites us on Maybe we're supposed to to live free and travel light in that. Because maybe that's really the way of life that Jesus modeled and the way of life that Jesus is inviting us into. And sometimes we get stuck carrying our baggage and it weighs us down. And we know that to be true. We recognize that reality in others. And on our spiritual journey, here's what we know. It's not an easy thing to get rid of baggage but it's a healthy thing, isn't it? And you know that intuitively, even if you're not a follower of Jesus. And maybe you're just here investigating him, and I think it's awesome that you're here. Even you know intuitively that that's why people go to counseling, right? To get healthy, to get whole, to, to kind of make some progress in life and to not have to carry around so many burdens or so much baggage in life because it just shapes you. It changes who you are and how you see the world and how you interact with people. It taints relationships if you don't. True? And we know that, but sometimes it's really difficult to get rid of baggage. Sometimes it's really difficult to to figure out how do you travel light? How do you not carry 
this stuff around. Jack, you don't know my story. You don't know what happened to me. And you're right, I don't. And, and I'd be a fool to stand up here and say, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. Because I don't, because I'm not you. But here's what I do know. We're all very familiar with baggage. Because every single person in here, whether you want to admit it or not, we carry some. And if we don't deal with it in a healthy way, then it just kind of clings to you. And it will affect you. And if you don't move toward health, it will begin to leak out in your relationships and taint and affect and have influence, maybe not in the most positive way. And so how do we live free and travel light? That's what we want to look at the next few weeks. And I think that's a really big deal because Jesus talked about this so often. In fact, it's the kind of life he calls us to. It's the kind of life that he invites us to have. He wanted people to live this way, to live free and travel light. Take your Bibles and go with me to a passage that is kind of going to be the backdrop of this whole series. And it's this passage in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus is saying something incredibly profound that I want us to lean into, and then I want us to look into a narrative story, an encounter Jesus has, to kind of pull out maybe some three, three truths that we can look at tonight, and then I want to give us three action steps as we end up tonight, as we move toward a, a final set of worship, okay? So that's kind of where we're going. Matthew chapter 11, here's what is encountering, here's what Jesus is saying. These are his words. He's looking around at a culture of those who are, who are weary, those who are tired, those who are living with burdens, those, maybe what we'd say is those who are living, carrying around baggage. And they haven't figured out necessarily how to unload that, how to, to dislodge that, how to unpack that, and they're just, they're just left kind of bedazzling that and camouflaging it and just trying to carry it around. And he looks at this situation back then, and I believe these words are really profound for the 21st century. And here's what Jesus says. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, just ask yourself, is that you? Have you ever gone through a time where you were just weary, worn out, just burdened in life? Jesus says, come to, to me. He doesn't give an action step of here's what you're going to go do, here's the philosophy, here's the plan of action. What he says is, no, come to who? Me. Come to me, he says. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? rest. I'll give you this rest for your soul, for your life, that this, this restful life that you long for, you can have, and it's found not in something, but in someone. You come to me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It's fascinating when you study uh, rabbis teaching Jesus was a rabbi and <clears throat> rabbis had this what was called a yoke it was their interpretation of the teachings the interpretation of the Torah and how the laws uh, in the Torah were laid out and how you were to live life and how you could have life with God and so a, a rabbi would stand up and say well here's how my interpretation of Torah is and here's how you begin to live this out and so you take my yoke upon you and you live you follow in my footsteps often they would say may the dust of your rabbi be on you may you be following so closely that his dust as he kicks up dust and how he lives 
would actually get upon you. And so Jesus is referring back to this, and he's saying, take my yoke upon you. What's interesting, and you look later in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus says, he's asked a question one day, what's, what's the bottom line, Jesus? He says, you're to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and you're to love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says this incredible statement, all of the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. It's like when you hang a mirror on a wall and you put a nail and you, you nail that in, you hang that mirror, it's, it's hanging. All the weight is on there. Jesus is saying, look, if you want to know maybe what my yoke is, just love God, love people. Take my yoke upon you. See, they had 613 different laws. Can you even memorize that? 613. I went to Morana. I don't think I can memorize that. And that would be the yoke of a rabbi, his interpretation of how to live out those 613, that you wouldn't be in violation. And Jesus is saying, he's looking at all these people who are spiritually weighted down. He says, come to me. Follow me. Get close. Live life with me. And the baggage that you carry that just weighs you down and it burdens you, you don't have to live that way. There's something better. See, Jesus was always inviting people to something better. In fact, that's the story I want to look at tonight. And in John chapter 5, we'll spend some time here. In John chapter 5, I want us to see this encounter Jesus has and this question that he asks, because I think it's a question that he asks of you tonight, of me. It's this encounter, Jesus is going up to Jerusalem, and he's been there often, he's been there for different feasts and festivals, and he's celebrating that, and he's there in this one moment, and he, and he goes to this one place, it's this pool at Bethesda, and it, it's this pool kind of north of the Temple Mount, and it's there, and it has these couple, couple different pools, really, that are there, and there's, there's colonnades, and all of these invalids, the lame, the blind, the deaf, they've gathered there at this pool. And there's this ancient tradition back in the first century that they've had this tradition that we don't really know if it truly happened, but maybe something happened at one time and it started this story and they had this tradition that, that the Bible really doesn't pull into the superstition of this, but it would say it from time to time an angel would come stir this pool water and that one, if you were lame, if you were blind, if you were deaf, if you were invalid, if you were injured, handicapped in some different way, the first person that could get into the pool would be healed. And so there would be this glimmer and this sliver of hope for this group of ragtag people that are gathered there. I mean, this isn't a pool like at La Paloma, like resort style, right? This is a pool that's surrounded by the broken. And they've all gathered there for one small sliver of hope. That maybe from time to time, randomly, the, the pool water would stir. And, and again, it's a tradition, and it's not really anything that the Bible teaches about a superstition, but in their mind, it was maybe real. And in their mind, it was something about that. And, and this rumor, this tradition started that the first person who could get into the water would be healed. Now think about that. If that's you, and you've got this physical baggage of handicap, of a setback, whatever it was for that particular person and the, all of those particular people. Think about living your life there at this pool. It's not Paloma. It's not La Paloma. It's not the Sheridan. It's not Star Pass. It's a pool surrounded by brokenness. 
and you're there day after day after day. And what we read is that Jesus shows up in this pool and he goes to this scenario, to this circumstance, and something amazing happens. So in John chapter 5, here's what we read. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem to the feast of the Jews. We don't know which particular feast this was. Now there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, is this pool I was telling you about. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been invalid for 38 years. Anyone here 38 years old? I'm 42. Brian, that's you. 38 years. 38 years. Think about that. How long that had been. How long that had transpired. He'd been there 38 years, verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that of his condition and how long it had been. It's not that Jesus took a survey. It's not that Jesus kind of looked around and said, hey, who's that guy over there? And asked some questions of his relatives. Jesus, just in his knower, knew it. Why? Well, because Jesus is God and he kind of has a good knower. And so Jesus just knows this guy's scenario. He knows his situation. He knows his baggage, if you will. And in this story about physical baggage, I hope that we can kind of glean some things for any kind of baggage that we carry, whether it be emotional, mental, psychological, physical, just anything that we're carrying in life that weighs us down because that's this guy's story. And Jesus walks up to this guy that he knows, he just knows his story, 38 years. And what does he say to him? What's the question? Do you want to get well? (laughs) Doesn't that seem like a strange question to ask? Doesn't that seem a bit odd of Jesus, who is God, who walks up to this man who's been stuck here for 38 years? I can think of a thousand other questions, couldn't you? And yet his question to him is, do you want to get well? And then read this guy's response. Verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, we don't even know his name. All we know is his condition. He's got this baggage that he's carrying around. Sir, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus shows up in this moment and he asks a simple, maybe crazy, maybe weird but profound question, do you want to get well? And this guy's response is an excuse. I don't, I don't know how to get in. I don't have anyone around me to help me. I'm, I'm stuck in my situation. And he doesn't know Jesus, and Jesus is knowing him. And maybe he asked the question that quite possibly he's asking you tonight. Do you want to get well? Because here's the truth. We all know baggage really well. We know it. We just do. But do you want to get well, he says? Do you want to leave the situation you're in? Do you like where you're at? Do you want to get better? Do you want something better? And this man is struggling, and his answer is not an answer to the question. It's simply a condition of his scenario. I don't have anyone to help me. I want to get in, 
In fact, I'm, I'm sitting here because I have this glimmer of hope and I want to get in there, but I have no one to help me. This baggage, this burden that I carry, you don't understand the weight of it, Jesus. And that's the conversation that's happening. See, sometimes we get baggage from decisions we make, choices that we take, and, and roads and paths that we go down. Sometimes it's because of our own fault. Sometimes we pick up baggage as we navigate life because someone else did something that we have to live under the effects of. Something that, that transpires that we have to live under the weight of that. And so here's my question for you tonight because I think Jesus is wanting to ask this other question. So my question to you is, what baggage did you walk in here with? Because my hunch is you walked in with something. And, and maybe you hide it really well. And maybe you've camouflaged it, accessorized it, bedazzled it in a way that people don't notice or don't notice very quickly. But you have it. And I think Jesus, deep in his knower, he just knows it. And you may try to keep other people from knowing it, but he knows it. And I think he, being this loving, good God, walks into scenarios, walks into your circumstance, walks up to you, and he says, do you want to get well? How do you like the bags? Do you feel like they make your life better? Are you tired of carrying them? Do you want to get well? I don't know what that baggage is for you. Maybe it's a, a deep-seated insecurity that maybe growing up in your house growing up in your household and in your scenario that it's just there never was anything quite good enough that you could do and you never quite got the approval that you so longed for. And so you just kind of tucked that away and you hid that for a really long time. And you did okay. And you're not a grumpy person and you're not set back in life and people like you. But deep down, when it's just you alone in the room, you have this nagging sense of searching for something that you have not gotten. Do you want to get well? Maybe you've got a sense of shame or rejection or guilt for some past decision or past circumstance that you went down a path that maybe you told yourself you would never go there, but then you actually wound up there and then you couldn't even imagine how you got there. But you did. And now you look back over your life and you're like, I can't overcome that. I don't know why I did that. And so you've got these nagging questions. And my question to you, maybe what Jesus would ask you tonight is, do you, do you want to get well? Maybe there's lots of other baggage that you might carry. Maybe it's a sense of abandonment that you had to deal with in life. Maybe it was a sense of worry or a secret that you carry that no one else seems to know. Maybe it's a sense and a fear of the future. Maybe it's a relationship that you had to endure. Maybe it was abuse that you went through that you didn't choose it. It was chosen for you. And as it got chosen for you, you're the one that suffered. And it, it got you to a place where you even went into a deep depression because you don't know what to do with it. And I think Jesus would say, do you, do you want to get well? See, maybe that's not such a strange question after all. Maybe that really is a question that leads to something because maybe in your mind you've kind of sunken into this reality that this is the new normal. 
that this is just the way life is and I just have to deal with it, so I just carry the bag. See, Jesus, you don't understand. I want to get in the water, but I don't have anyone to help me. So this is 38 years, and it's just the new normal for me. And maybe you have a lot more in common with that guy than you thought. And maybe Jesus' question of, hey, do you want to get well, is really an invitation for you tonight, not just for him back then, but for you tonight. Do you want to get well? Are you tired of this scenario? Are you tired of this situation? Because sometimes, well, let's be honest, sometimes we don't really get tired of our baggage yet. In fact, maybe initially after we even pick it up, we, we think, well, I, I can wear this as a badge of honor, so to speak. I can even hide behind this because if I hide behind this baggage, then I don't have to do something else that maybe God really wants to call me into because I can say, whoa, whoa, whoa I'm broken. God, you can't use me because... See, I've got this baggage. I've got addiction. You know, I've got these insecurities. I've got these fears, and I've got these issues that I struggle with. So, God, you can't really use me. You've got to use somebody else because I obviously am disqualified. And so maybe you end up hiding behind your baggage, and maybe you even say, and you begin to embrace your baggage, and maybe you even begin to say, this is something that it's it's something I want to hold on to. It's something I... I actually want, because maybe I can't even see what life would be like without it. And here's a couple of things I want to give you tonight. The question I want to ring in your mind this week is, do you want to get well? And I want that to ring in there. Because the truth is, every single one of us, we know baggage. And whether you've worked through it some a little bit, here's what I do know is reality for you. You're going to pick up some more along the way. And next week and next month and next year, you're going to pick up some more. And if you want to get well, then you've got to continually do some things. And here's the first one. Healing is a choice. Healing's a choice. It is not a default guarantee for anyone. If you want to get well, you've got to make a decisive decision to say, I want to get well. You, you, you can live with excuses all your life if you want. And I know people like that. And my hunch is you know people like that. That woke up 25 years later after the thing that happened to them, and they're still stuck, much like this guy, 38 years. Do you want to get well? Well, I can't really help myself, and I have no one here. And Jesus has said, that's not the question I ask you. Do you want to get well? Healing's a choice. It involves this decisive decision to go, I'm going to walk toward healing. I'm going to choose this. I'm going to actually put myself in scenarios and choose to go to maybe Jesus and maybe actually take him up on his word and his invitation. Remember what he said? If you're tired, if you're weary, if you're burdened by anything, come to where? Come to me, he says. Come to me. That you don't have to have your identity in this baggage. And for so many people, that's where it gets stuck. And they begin using their baggage, sometimes as a a badge of honor. Sometimes it's just uh, something that they just want to, their whole identity becomes wrapped up in that. And so why give that up? Because it is who I am. And Jesus would say, do you want to get well? How many of you have been to the airport? 
if you've been there, then um, some of you check your bags. You pay the 50 bucks. Some of you are a little more frugal, and you're like, no, I got this. And for most of you, that's cool because you've got the rolling on bag that actually fits in the overhead compartment. But for some of you, you're too cheap. I'll just be honest. You're too cheap, and I've seen you, and we've seen you. And you're the one that gets up there and you say, no, no, I, I don't want to pay the 50 bucks. And so you carry your bag. And it's not just a simple little rolling bag. No, no, no. Yours has got like six wheels on it, not two. And you can barely get it through the security scanner. In fact, sometimes they actually got to take it around because it's too big. And they're kind of telling you that. And you're like, no, no, I got this. I got this. And so you get down there, and you actually begin walking on the plane. And you're the person that walks with the plane. You can't even roll it down the aisle. You've got to hold it. As you walk down, you are hitting people in the face, people you don't know, people who have grandmas, and you're hitting them, and grandma's not happy, and you're hitting them, and you, you get down there, and pretty soon, you got to have like three people help you try to put it in the overhead compartment, and you've seen these people, haven't you? And they got three people trying to help them, and they are squishing everyone else's baggage that's in there because they're like, I'm going to make this fit, and then they try to shut the door, right? And the door doesn't shut, and so what do you do? What do you do? Because some of you have that bag problem. You just try to shut it harder, right? And for like four or five times, you're slamming this thing until finally the stewardess or the steward says, hey, that's too big. And for some of us, you know, we understand baggage when we travel, but for some of us, well, maybe we've got some baggage in life that we feel like I've got to just hold on to this because it's become my identity but friend, it's too big. And it's not just affecting you anymore. You're hitting people in the face. And it ain't cool. They got grandmas. And you got a grandma. And so deal with it. Pay the 50 bucks, spiritually speaking. And Jesus is saying, do you want to get well? Are you tired of carrying the bags around? Are you tired of carrying things all by yourself? Come to me, Jesus said. Those who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Do you want to get well? Don't hide it. Don't deny it. Just live with this reality that, friends, Jesus wants to help you. Jesus didn't only just come to save you. He actually came to free you. That's what Paul talks about. We have this freedom that has set us free. Then let's not go back to this bondage where we have to carry things around. Let's leave that with him. He's big enough to carry it. He's big enough to take it for us. See, healing is a choice. It's a choice you have to make. It's a choice I have to make. And maybe secondly is this, that offering healing as a choice was a decision Jesus already made on your behalf. The mere fact that you have healing available. Jesus already made that decision for you. And that's why he's asking, do you want to get well? He already made the decision. Here it is. If you want his healing grace and power and invitation into healing, he's saying he's already sought you out. That's what he does. I love this story because we don't even know this guy's name. And Jesus goes to Jerusalem. Jerusalem's a big place. You know where you don't go when you go to Jerusalem? To a pool filled with broken people. That's not on the tourist scene. That's not the star map that you get to go, oh, hey, I'm going to go over here. That's not where you go. That's not a tourist hangout. But for Jesus, that's where he goes. 
and he learns and he knows and he goes there for one guy. We don't even know his name, but he knows his story. And he says, do you want to get well? I love how the Bible kind of portrays this picture of a Jesus who knows your story and a Jesus who knows your baggage and a Jesus who comes and asks the same question to you, do you want to get well? Because it's available. Healing's a choice, but healing's available because I've already made it available to you. And then thirdly, this notion that we have to respond then. Jesus says, do you want to get well? Well, I don't, I don't have a way to get into the water, he says. Well, then, I love this next verse, verse 8. Verse 8, here's what happens. Sir, I don't know how to get into this. Verse 7, verse 8, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, walk. Now think about that. 38 years he's been here. It's all he's known for the last foreseeable uh, past. It's all he can hang his hat on. And Jesus says, do you want to get well? All right, stand up, take your mat, and walk. And he's left with a decision, isn't he? I can either ignore this guy who's standing here, who seems to know me, seems to know my story, seems to know my baggage that I'm carrying around, and he's asking me this question that doesn't make a lot of sense in this moment, but it's a question I really long for. It's a question I want to respond to, but I don't know. I can either choose to ignore him, or I can choose to go on an adventure that's life-changing. Could it actually be true that what he's saying is true? And so this man gets up, and you can read the rest of the story. Imagine his life forever changed. And there's a whole other backdrop of the story that goes on, but Jesus heals him. And here's the truth. Jesus heals people because he's where the healing power resides. And he doesn't heal. There's no cookie-cutter way to the healing, to the baggage that you have, to the baggage that you carry. It's not like Jesus is going to say, okay, here's A, B, C. Everybody in this room do A, B, C, and everyone's going to be fine. First, he says, you come to me. So we all got A. And after that, it's all different. Isn't it fascinating when you read through the gospel accounts, you see how Jesus healed people? Do you realize Jesus never healed someone almost the same way? What we see through the gospel accounts is this variety, this diversity of how Jesus did healing. Sometimes people would come from afar and say, I have the scenario, like four blocks down, would you come? And he'd say, no, they're going to get better. And he'd heal from a distance, ATT style. There'd be other moments where someone would walk up to him, someone who's been untouched for years, and Jesus would reach out and touch them and heal them. Sometimes Jesus would just speak words, get up, take up your mat, and walk. And his words would heal. Sometimes, this one time, he spit on the ground, made mud balls, and rubbed it in some dude's eye. That's weird. Like, you would be weirded out if your coworker did that tomorrow on your break, Right? <laughs> dude, why are you rubbing mud in my eyes? But Jesus did that for someone who was blind, and it healed him. I think Jesus loves variety. I think Jesus loves diversity and how he goes about healing. And I think Jesus does that because we're all individuals. And we all have individual story, and we all have individual baggage. No one's baggage is exactly the same. They may have the same outer cover, but they are not the same because your story is different than your neighbor's, and your neighbor's story is different than yours. And Jesus' question is still the same. Do you want to get well? Well, if you do, 
Healing's a choice. And I've made healing available, and now I'm going to speak something into your life, and it's up to you to respond. It's up to you to choose it. And all throughout the gospel accounts, there's this continual invitation to you and to me, friend, to say we don't have to carry our baggage around. We have been invited to do something with it. That there is no cookie-cutter way, and we just have to lean into how God is responding and calling each of us to take a next step with him. And maybe your baggage that you've got from something someone did to you, the way that you're going to get healing through that is going to have some similarities to some of the baggage that your neighbor is going to carry and how they get healing, but it probably will have different trajectories and different paths, and that's okay. But it's about taking the next step with Jesus. There's these action steps. Do you want to get well? Here's what I want to do with the rest of our evenings. We kind of lean into uh, some worship time and some reflection time. I want that question to really ring in your mind. Do you want to get well? Because here's the truth. Healing is a choice. And no matter where you are in life, I think you can take a next step in that. And maybe that's the question Jesus is asking you. Do you want to get well? Are you tired of carrying around any baggage that you might have? And so here's the action step I want you to take. On your chair when you came in or on your table, we have a, thank you Delta for free tags, we have a a luggage tag here. And there's pens on your table, there's pens around your chairs. And here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Here's the key thought for tonight. Every one of us will acquire baggage, but thanks to Jesus, we're not required to carry it. Every one of us will pick up and acquire baggage as we go through life, but thanks to the gospel and to the grace of Jesus, you are not required to carry it around. Do you want to get well? And so here's the invitation for you tonight and for me, is to simply say, yes, I want to get well. And it starts tonight. It doesn't mean it ends tonight. It doesn't mean your journey is going to be over and everything is going to be like a sitcom and perfectly all wrapped up in a neat bow in 30 minutes. That doesn't happen. That's not real life. But here's what it is. It's a first step toward healing. It's a first step of response to that question, do you want to get well? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to name what your baggage is. I gave you a few examples. You can think of many others because you know your story. What is that baggage that you carry around that you feel like is yours, that has either been labeled on you, kind of put on you, you've taken it, you've made decisions that you say, well, now that's me, I'm that, and you use those adjectives, descriptors for you. What is the baggage that you carry? What'd you walk in here with tonight? What have you been carrying around? And that Jesus is saying to you, do you want to get well? You want to name it, and you want to bring that, and you want to leave that. And this is a pattern, friends, all throughout your life because you will acquire baggage as you go through life, but friend, you are not required, thanks to the gospel, to carry it around. And so this is an action step that you can get in and saying, Jesus, here's my baggage. I struggle with this. You know, because of my past, I have this. Or because of that scenario, I have this. Here's what I'm carrying around, and I'm naming that tonight. And I'm going to bring that to you the best I know how. Maybe it's just walking this out. And here's what we've set up for you. On both sides of the room, there's a suitcase on the middle table. And I'm going to invite you as a, 
Chris and Levi, and uh, come on up, and you guys are going to lead us through a, a song. And just a reflection moment for us. And as they sing, here's what I'm going to invite you to do. To literally name it. To write it on there. Don't put your name. Just name what that baggage is that you're carrying around. Fold it up. And at some point in this song, about three, four minute song, is for you to bring that up to the cross. And as you're there, you can take communion. And I want you to leave that in the suitcase. We're going to burn them later. No one's going to see them. But I want this to be a physical, reflective step for you. That you would say, Jesus, I want to get well. I want to begin taking a step. And I'm going to respond to you. And however long this healing process is going to take for me, I want to unload, I want to unpack, I want to get rid of this baggage that I'm carrying around. And so name it, bring it, leave it. And it's probably a continual leaving it thing. We'll talk about that more next week as we're going to look at some of this baggage that we carry that's above the surface and in the following week, some of this baggage that's kind of below the surface. Things that we try to hide, that we can bring. And so here's that, what I want you to do tonight. As they play here in a second, I'll pray. They're going to play this song and just sing. And you just have a moment. We'll turn the lights down. You name it, bring it, and leave it there. And let this be a step for you toward getting that healing and that hope that Jesus is asking, do you want to get well? And so, Father, I pray that you would just be in this moment. That we would be a people who, maybe in a continual rhythm of life, make it a practice to say healing is a choice and we choose it. And we're so grateful for the fact, Jesus, that you said it's even available. You said, come to you. Those that are tired and weary and burdened and weighed down in life that we will acquire baggage, but we're not required it to carry it thanks to the grace of Jesus. So tonight we name it, and we bring it to you, we leave it with you, knowing that you're a God who's big enough and you're way better at carrying this stuff than we are. And so Father, as we engage in this song and as we sing uh, tonight, I pray that you would just stir hearts and that you'd allow us to be a people that step toward health, step towards significance in our journey with you.